Uh, I just recently got a new Google account. Oh, wow. Yeah. How you liking it? Uh, well, so I got a, a second phone. Mm-hmm. Guys, I got a story to tell you about this phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, I've had, I've been paying for a, a sixth phone line. Okay. For over a year now. Yeah. Right. And it hasn't been used. It's been a drawer. Uh, and so I went to AT&T and I was like, Hey, I just want to cancel this. I've been paying for it for a year, but I don't use it. So can we just cancel it? And they're like, well, if you cancel it, your bill's going to go up $10 a month. Okay. <laughs> of course it is. Because like I'm getting a discount for each line that's on it. And like, once you get over five accounts, it's actually cheaper. Oh, wow. The, the whole thing gets cheaper because like now your plan is like my actual bill on mm-hmm. those is only like $95 okay. for all those phone lines. Um, because I've been with them for like 16 years or something. Um, so they're like, yeah, your bill's going to go up if you cancel the phone line. They're like, we can just send you a SIM card with a new phone number. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Maybe I'll start a business. Maybe we'll do a text line mm. or like something for the show. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just get a new phone number. So the next day, a new SIM card shows up, put it in the phone, charge the phone up. Almost instantly, phone calls, text messages, wow, FaceTime calls <laughs> oh my God. are coming into this phone yeah. from like eight or ten different numbers. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck is this number? Mm-hmm. So I Google it. Oh no, it's like some sex line or something like that? It's like a, a it's like everything that comes up is like local escort, like oh my God. escorts in Fresno, like all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this phone number? So then I like, I don't like reply to any of these like phone calls or messages or anything. Not at first. Right. <laughs> and then the, the text messages start saying, why aren't you answering? Oh shit. And I'm like, well, let me just see what's going on with these. <laughs> I just like start replying. You're you're texting the wrong phone number. This you, phone you have the wrong number. Like, this, this is the wrong number. Uh-huh. Whoever had this number before they got a new number, and it's been recycled to me. Yeah. Every single one of them has been like, I don't get it. I don't I'm get confused. It. <laughs> and at first, I'm like, it's not that hard to understand. Yeah. This phone number now belongs to a new person. Yeah. You should take a picture of your penis and just start <laughs> sending it back to these people. So then I start getting screenshots from these people uh-huh. saying, I've been texting this number today and getting replies. What? And it, they're like, total thirst trap like yeah the, it's just like oh baby baby like these like conversations between like horned up dudes yeah. and some chick who's like taking advantage of them i'm only 16 is that okay <laughs> <laughs> so one of them was like had been texting him that day and then tried to like facetime me oh like a dozen times in a row so i blocked that number i yeah. was like okay this is weird um, but then I'm like looking at the number, like and another person does the same thing. They're like, Oh, I'm confused. And I was like, look, some prostitute has given you a Google phone number and it just happens to be the same phone number so they can reply or they can't. Mm-hmm. But all of these messages are getting sent to my phone as well. Right. And they're like, what? And I, so I screenshot, I'm like, here's a one-sided conversation of all the shit you've been saying. Yeah. Right. 
I was like, I'll Google your number, find out who you are if you don't stop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that one stopped. <laughs> so now I have to like just, I've been blocking, I've blocked probably 30 numbers. Jeez. You're like, I'm going to call Tim Google and I'm going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Part-Time Podcast. My name is Chris, and this week I'm joined by my full-time friends, Tim. Uh, hoy hoy. And Addison. Addison! Uh, we're coming at you with an episode 116. 116? Yeah. We are back and better than ever. We're rested. We've gotten uh, a full, uh, full night's rest of five hours of sleep. Um, <laughs> the government approved... Let's see. While we've been gone, uh, two people got struck by lightning at the White House. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone discovered the exact frequency to make your butt bigger. Um, and uh, Alex Jones got charged four million dollars for spreading lies. She got charged like fifty million dollars. The, Did they come back with the yep. other settlement? Yeah, it was another like forty million, forty-five million. Oh, yeah. I think the totals. Yeah. 50 million bucks. Like 50 million. This is only the first case that's gone in yes. front of a, 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 <laughs> a jury. One family. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's still like six more pending cases. Oh, man. I hope he gets wrecked. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, the, the new juries, are, they could just be like, okay. Yeah. We have all this evidence. Sure. Sure. Another $50 million. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it, you cowards. They should have done some sort of like class action mm-hmm. so that they all just got this. Yeah. Because the bummer thing about this, right, is that what if one of these juries, for whatever insane reason, decides that like these parents don't deserve that fifty million dollars mm-hmm. and some parents got that fifty million dollars. Right. Well, if they if they did a class action though, doesn't that open it up to a much wider group of people who could then pin onto that? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, fucking take all his money. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I would say, I bring that up to say that, like, there might be people who latch onto that, and then the original people don't get any money. You know, they they might get, like, $10 out of that, because so many people signed up. Gotcha. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, Oh, and on top of that, sorry to interrupt you, um, the January 6th uh, insurrection investigation has Uh also subpoenaed his entire phone record nice oh is that official or were they just saying it? that's official um and his phone record goes back over two years right which in which covers the january 6th right right how many how many personal conversations with uh oliver stone uh, oliver stone roger stone roger stone yeah how much of that though is going to be redacted or deleted conveniently irrecoverable chris you know this is what you don't understand, okay? Because you didn't watch this trial. <laughs> I watched 20 plus hours of this Dang. trial. So what happened is because there's all these other lawsuits going on, mm-hmm. at a late stage, one of the lawyers for Alex Jones mm-hmm. 
was sending another lawyer for Alex Jones all of their evidence. Yes. And in that data transfer, they sent an entire digital copy of his phone, which they had been saying that there was nothing on yeah. for two years. Uh-huh. And so they accidentally CC'd the current lawyer for the <laughs> prosecution. Yeah. Or idiot. for the plaintiffs. And so it's a completely unredacted, like it is raw data. Yeah. His entire... They said it was like 30 gigs oh my of data of this guy's phone for years. Yeah. And they had a chance even after sitting in that to go, whoops, that's privilege. Like we need to make that privilege. And then right. the plaintiffs have to honor that. Right. But they basically just send the email like, oh, please disregard that last email. Right. <laughs> and when they're supposed to, there's like a legal process. Of, yeah. Of, you know, they're supposed to like present exactly which files mm-hmm. they're not allowed to see that's called claim them as privileged um, you have 10 days to do that mm-hmm. and so their blanket disregard doesn't mean anything yeah and so the lawyers were like what's well, been 10 days let's open this information up because they haven't claimed anything mm-hmm. and that was two days before the end of the trial right <laughs> that 10 days closed Oh, man, it's so great. So now, yeah, the DOJ has, like, you know, requested this information. Mm -hmm. So it's, they're getting, they're not getting it from Alex Jones' attorneys. They're getting it from the plaintiff's attorneys. Yeah, nice. I hope they all all go to jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane. (laughs) So. So good. mm -hmm. A a lot's happened uh, since since, since you've been gone. Um, Since you've been gone. I can breathe for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit in the preamble, and we kind of just, you know, we do what we always do, which people love us for, is get get right into it when we start. But, um, right. you know, it, summertime, we took a little break. The, the social contract between us and you when we did the show is uh, right in the name of our show, like, we're, we're not all we're not always gonna like do this on time and uh i don't right. seek or make apologies so <laughs> i mean we could adjust that if you guys wanted to like give us money yeah we would put more like concrete effort into like a, the regularity of it mm-hmm. um but when like we're gonna go on vacation we're gonna go on vacation like i mean yeah fuck you guys it's a free show <laughs> like we love you guys but like go fuck yourselves mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, so you know if you want to be a part of the show and you want to make it a part of your life just uh you know send in a question or send us an article or leave us a voice message at ptpod.fun or plumpfeet.com um or bigbuttvibes.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's many ways and avenues to get to us uh yeah. But we're happy to be back. We've been sitting on a lot of articles, keeping them warm, like a mother hen. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you know, I'm I'm fairly certain you haven't heard almost any of these uh, this week, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the time that we have uh, not recorded an episode, mm-hmm. I've read six books. Nice. Dang. And um, I think we should talk about one of them tonight. Okay, let's do it. Um, so I know that Addison, you finished this yes. book. Yeah. Chris is almost finished it, mm-hmm. but he gets the, he, he's, 
enough in that he gets it. Yeah, he, he gets the big butt vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the book that we want to talk about, that I want to talk about tonight, that I feel like everybody needs to run out and read right away, is called Gunfight. A, an insider's look into the gun industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something, something like that. Like that. Right. Um, it's written by Ryan Bussey. Bussy. <laughs> Pussy. Be, yeah. yeah. Be Bussie. like boy, U-S-S-E. Why? Um, and uh, Ryan was the former uh, sale, vice president of sales for Kimber uh, Firearms United States. Yeah. Um, which uh, at the time when he began working for the company um, was only making like very high-end wooden stock um hunting rifles yeah like heirloom rifles exactly yeah like this is like you buy it they're three to five thousand dollars it's gonna perform amazing and you're gonna pass this down to your kids Mm -hmm. and their kids and everybody's gonna have it. it's like a it's what winchester was in the 1800s right um and during the course of his tenure there um, they got very famous for making 1911 style uh, handguns, mm-hmm. um, which actually at one point I owned one very, of those handguns. Very beautiful gun. Yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, very high end, very high quality. Um, so the thing that I loved about this book was when when Ryan started working for this company, entered the gun industry in the early nineties, mm-hmm. uh, it was a very different thing than what we, uh, you know, being millennials know about the gun industry. Right. Yeah. Um, like we grew up with Columbine and, right. you know, everything after that is almost, you know, blurry. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, after nine 11, yeah. After the, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan wars, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our friends, we all know people that have served mm-hmm. uh, in those in those wars in those conflicts. And we thank them for their cervix. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, a lot of change has taken place over the last thirty years in that uh, in that in that industry. Um, so, Chris, when we had began to talk about this, you made a really good point um, that the the way this book begins is like 2019 yeah yeah um like in the midst of like the george floyd blm blm or sorry um, not riots protests yeah um and so for those of you who are not aware um of about kimber firearms is they are manufactured in new york state um, but their corporate headquarters is in uh kalamazoo Montana mm-hmm. or no cows bell Montana sorry yeah um and that's like super northern Montana it's like middle of fucking nowhere mm-hmm. um like up by the Canadian border yeah Montana Wyoming which one's oh. yeah Montana's the further north it's like it's almost Canada yeah. where yeah. this is like Montana is Wyoming's there. hat mm-hmm. right oh is that, a thing? is that really is no that... that's not that's nothing oh <laughs> i thought that was like a geography um thing to learn um no 
So, yeah, it's like middle of nowhere, very conservative, very like ag based. Um, but there, like, because Kimber's there, there's like a bit of a town yeah. has, has has grown there. Um, and so there was actually a BLM protest that took place in Cowsville. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so Ryan, with his, you know, like two sons, two sons, yeah, they're like teenagers and his yeah. wife. Um, the book starts with a story of him and his kids being involved with this protest, like mm-hmm. going to the protest, having his young, you know, his teenage boys be involved in some activism on the and side like, of BLM. Ex- yes, yes, correct. Yeah. Um, on the side, on the correct side of yes. that whole argument, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, against, uh, uh, you know, trying to down to sh- to shed a spotlight on police brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can imagine like how controversial having a BLM protest in a you know strictly red area mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, people were not happy about it. I think Montana is like an open carry state. Mm -hmm. Um, So like people were just carrying guns at this thing. Like it was no big deal. Mm. Um, And he shares this experience of like his sons being um, kind of accosted by these, you know, conservative adult men. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just yelling in his son's face. Yeah. Yeah. uh, About how, you know, dumb they are. Yeah. And this, um, and I remember, like, when I was listening to the, I listened to an audio uh, version, um, like, I started crying. Wow. Thinking about, like, how, like, influential this this experience has to be on these kids' lives. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, I'm really impressed that, like, you know, this guy has decided, at, at this point, you know, he had, um, you know, spoiler alert, he wrote this book that's, you know outing the gun industry Mm -hmm. right and um you know so he has had a political change of mind Mm -hmm. um over the course of his lifetime in this industry um and so yeah i mean i don't know what do you guys think about the way the book started i thought it was really good because because it you kind of know that you're getting like an insider's view of the gun industry but you also get to know right away like okay this guy is on the side of of blm and Mm -hmm. against police brutality so at least i know like at the end of this it's going to be somewhat okay right but uh, you know going through it um and i don't know how much we want to discuss like every single period of time right (laughs) but like especially by the end you're, you're like well at least this guy's okay but like are we okay? Yeah. 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 We're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what we can, I think that's the way he leaves it is right. We are not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I felt a similar way. I think I, what I appreciate it. Cause like what I know about the gun industry at large is just either what I learned growing up around being in boy Scouts and just around people who like used guns as a way to do like sport shooting or like hunting. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. like, I identified with a lot of the stories he tells in the beginning. Um, right. Yeah. But what I appreciated about what he did in setting up the story is it addressed it, it addressed my initial skepticism of his motivation to write the book to begin with. Because sure. he's like, right, right. he's like, look, like, I know that you know that what we're doing is deplorable. Like, Mm -hmm. I know this. I know I've been a part of it. So I'm a part of that deplorability. Um, But 
just listen to my story and then we're going to like go through this together and you're going to realize that we're on the same side. Uh, right. And like, I, right. I think he did a good job sort of disarming the reader to say yeah. like, at least the his target audience of a reader. I don't think he's going to convince anyone who's already like bought into the religion of guns. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've got some personal thoughts on that. I hope um, he does. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but I, I, my, my personal takeaway from it was like, he did a good job disarming me as a person who already came in as someone who thought a lot of what he, his conclusions became like, I already sort of like mm-hmm. was there, but the way that he talked about it, especially in the beginning, like set me up to follow him on his journey to say right. like, you know, like I was saying earlier, like, listen, like, let's all just recognize that what, what what's happened is bad. I know it, you know it, like, we're all going to get through this, I got through this, and I'm going to show you along the way, like, how someone like me could be duped this whole time, and how they could wake up. Like, right. that, right. that I, I appreciate, like, I didn't expect that level of in-depthness, I thought I was mostly just going to be, like, name-dropping, and, like, you know, here's mm. how bad the NRA is, It's it, but it's a lot of, like, personal stories about exactly how bad the NRA is <laughs> right? <laughs> and like yeah. the evolution of it as a, as a, as an entity. Yeah. And he also, he does a good job of like pointing out his complacency in a lot of different aspects where he was like, like, yeah, I felt like I should, I should say something in this point. Right. And, you know, looking back, it's easy to say like I, I would have, or I should have, but you know, hindsight's 2020. Um, like he gives an example where he's um, at a NRA event like a gun show basically. Mm-hmm. And one of the goers, I think it was like Obama is president. Yeah. And the, one of the conservative guys has a shirt that says something like, uh, has a African lion lying down and it says African lion. And then it's a picture of Obama and it says lying African. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like the security guard is, is black. Who's like checking name, name plates and he's like i should be saying something here but i'm right. not like right. why aren't i why am i not doing what's right yeah I, I i really appreciated that he you know represented from the beginning like in every one of his stories he's like here's where i personally fucked up yeah and here's my personal liability and responsibility to these things mm-hmm. that he like he owned it and he wasn't like well, I mean, it was this or that. He's like, no, like, here is my progression as a human being Mm -hmm. in understanding, like, you know, these are things that I should have done that I could have done. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, let's get together now to make these changes. You know, so here's the insider information on it. Yeah, he didn't try to justify his past actions beyond the fact of, like, um the point he tried to make was like, I stayed in as long as I did. Cause I wanted to try to affect change from the inside. And when I realized right. that like, wasn't going to be possible to the extent I wanted mm-hmm. it to be, then like I got out. Yeah. So I guess to like kind of introduce who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the author, um, you know, grew up on a farm in Indiana. It's like Indiana or Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, you know, a ranch kid. Yeah. And, um, you know, his family was like super into hunting, like mm-hmm. ranch families are. Um, and so, you know, like he tells these stories about like, you know, going hunting with his dad and his grandpa and his brother and how they were like very into like, you know, hunting. But like 
in his family and of that era, you know, and this guy, this author is like, you know, so what he, he started his career in like 94. Right. So he was born, he's like maybe 15 years older than us. Yeah. He's probably like 50. Yeah. Um, so he's like, not like a super old guy. He's mm-hmm. not a super young. He's probably like 50 years old. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he grew up in, in, you know, these stories are the late seventies, mid eighties mm-hmm. of even in that period of time, the mentality in people who, of people who own guns was, these are tools for hunting. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, like, yeah, we go and we shoot some targets and we have our fun, but like safety is very important mm-hmm. and, and even the responsibility NRA, is very important. And I think he even points out that even the NRA back then was like, uh, more about offering classes and, and safety. Yeah. Yeah. You know, res- gun responsibility. His, right. his grandpa's favorite hat was an NRA hat. Like he, he wore it to like fancy events because he th- was so proud of it. And right. cause right. to him, like they promoted a way of life that aligned with the values he had. That wasn't just a signal to other people that basically is like a stand-in for saying, let's go Brandon. Right. Like it's right. 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 <laughs> um, so, or, or a symbol of like, I'm willing to do violence and I want to do violence. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so he began his career, like I said, in the, you know, early to mid nineties. Um, he worked first for like an optics company, um, you know, a company that makes like scopes and sights. That's right. Yeah. Um, and early after a few years, he was like pretty successful doing that, but he was also working like a telemarketing job mm-hmm. to like make ends meet. And, uh, one of his best friends was from college was like, Hey, I've got an opportunity. Let's go and work for this company that, like I said, at the time they made 300 rifles a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was like these high end, very expensive rifles Mm -hmm. and their business model was we make super high quality stuff. We, you know, if we're going to develop something new, it's going to take a long time Mm -hmm. for that to be like vetted and tested before we release it. Um, and so his buddy is like, let's take a chance. But at the time the company was located in Portland. Mm. Or Seattle. Uh, Port- they were Portland. in Clackamas. It's right outside of Portland. I Like, when he was talking okay. about it, I knew exactly where he was. Like, I've, I've been where that place was. Okay, wow. yeah. So, it's like, you know, and they're, they're like, he's like, I don't want to move there. My, you know, I'm already working in, like, a city that I don't want to be in. If I'm going to move somewhere, I want to move to the country. Like, mm-hmm. he had this idea in his mind that, like, Montana was, like, this God's country. It's right. Like, he was, like there was still big mountains and big game and big valleys. Like that was his mindset was like, I want to be on the land. Yeah. And his buddy was like, well, that's the best news is the way that we're going to pitch this to them is we're going to take over sales and operations and we're going to do it remote Mm -hmm. from this old hunting lodge (laughs) in, (laughs) uh, in, you know, Northern Montana. Mm -hmm. Um, So he decided to, you know, take a take a bet and he went and did it mm-hmm. um so he shares a lot of stories introducing the founders of kimber firearms mm-hmm. um and kind of like how the dude who owned the company 
was not a good person. Yeah. Total total party frat guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, from Australia. The dude was like, you know, 20 years older than them. He was like too old to be partying, but he was like partying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, cocaine and strippers and like drinking at, at, at noon on a Tuesday. <laughs> when, he, yeah. when, he, <laughs> when he tells that story about the Acropolis, like when he meets him in the beginning uh, and he like, let's go to breakfast. And he takes him to a strip club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I pass by that building on my commute to work every day. <laughs> yeah you ever swing in for eggs and- <laughs> no no i would not judging by what it looks like on the outside i can't imagine it looks any better on the inside right um so you know he's he starts at this company the, the guy's douchebag um but he's very committed to like high quality mm-hmm. like classical firearms yeah he cares about the guns he, he's yeah. he's a he, he, he's a founder of a, of a company, right? He's got that like founder's right. vision. He's got like a certain charisma where he can like, he's got an eye, for, like like Steve Jobs, right? He's got like an eye for what he wants and it resonates with people and it gets them to follow him. But he's like right. abrasive as a person. Mm-hmm. Sure, right. Um, so, you know, over the course of uh, the first like eight years that he's there, this company goes through a lot of growing pains mm-hmm. uh, because he brings in these two guys who know a lot of people and they start making a name for themselves. Now they're making, you know, instead of uh, a few hundred firearms a year, they're making several thousand. Um, they're starting to sell these things. And um, something that he did that like had never been done before was he started this like dealer direct firearms program. Mm-hmm. Um, which didn't exist before that. Everything went through like a third party um, previously where now it's like he built these relationships personally with gun shops and sold directly to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it like removed this like kind of gun runner middleman situation. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, he had like a lot of influence. Um, so as this company grew, he decided, you know, like, hey, let's, Everybody was like, let's change, let's introduce more products. And kind of the hot thing at the time was like, had started to be like plastic pistols, yeah, like Glocks and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and so they're like, well, we don't want to do that because that's like very, like. It'll cheapen the brand name. It's like very police. It's very like military. And they wanted to avoid that mentality. Like everybody in the gun industry at the time that like wasn't Smith and Wesson and Glock had this like mentality of like, no, we're better than that. Yeah. We want to like do better. And so they started making these really high end 1911 firearms. Mm-hmm. And the, the specific reason why they make that firearm is because of the design. It's a very thin profile which only allows for six rounds of 45 caliber ammunition. Um, and that was like important to them was like, it yeah. wasn't, you couldn't with like a Glock or, uh, you know, a Smith and Wesson or, you know, SW 40 or whatever. Um, they have a really wide handle mm-hmm. and which allows you to put two bullets next to each other, which is called double stacking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can get more, you know, you can put, you know, 15, 20 rounds in these handguns, um, and have a lot of ammo. Well, that wasn't what they wanted to do. They wanted to make really high-end pistols that were, you know, kind of of that era of their rifles. Um, and at first, like, it didn't really work. 
You know, it was like Kimber wasn't known for that. They weren't known for handguns, but they made it work and mm-hmm. they ended up growing the company to continue this line of like being very high end, very, you know, classical styling. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, I think a lot of the product that he highlights in their catalog was really designed to be like the high end hunter or like, you know, like the heirloom level thing like you've described for people who have that like i want to be outdoors there might be a bear or like i want to go hunting after work or you know like that i don't know like there's just a different kind of audience that i feel like there was this um almost like unwritten like unspoken rule that like if you wanted to be a serious gun brand you needed to cater to people who who respect the land and respect the guns And these other right. brands were seen like like the 1911, right? He he said like they was specifically designed the way that they had it was because, and the way it spoke to them was because it's 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 a pistol of last defense. It wasn't an assault right. pistol. Like you never used it to go attack somebody. It was like oh I'm a, my rifle's out of ammo. Like these are my last six bullets. Better make them count. You know like it's right. It was right. never something you were just gonna go take on offensive. Um, right. And. I, I think like a lot of what the what spoke to me in the book, especially from like the point in what you're talking about until like maybe towards the end, was he really highlights at this this turning point from Kimber is is he's almost at his like like apex of belief in his system. He's like, we can make this work sure, yes. because because what I'm doing is affecting change. The gun industry is in this positive place, and you know like my beliefs are your beliefs and your beliefs are my beliefs. And then from like then on out, he, he basically describes in very familiar language, a faith crisis. Um, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole rest of the book is him coming to terms with the fact that he's breaking up with his religion. And right, right. like yeah. that really resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things he says frequently, like to reassure himself and his wife is like, well, you'll never see a Kemper in a, in a you know in a criminal's hands because they're too expensive right yeah right they're not they're not five hundred dollars right they're you know they their their starting point is the twelve to fourteen hundred dollars for a handgun and around three to five thousand dollars for a rifle right <clears throat> and like yeah that was his his big thing was you'll you'll never see him in the hands of a criminal and the original owner of Kimber had that same mindset mm-hmm. uh, we're not building because the original owner is from Australia. Yeah where firearms have been banned for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, Since the 90s, I think. Something like that. Right, yeah. Um, So, I mean, we're all familiar with what takes place Mm -hmm. in, you know, 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, the world gets rocked with the first major school shooting Mm -hmm. in Columbine. Um, And, you know, this is, like Chris was saying, this is the apex of his belief system at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. And he he shares this experience of them being, um, you know, uh, I think they were in Dallas at the time, mm-hmm. getting ready to go to like the is a trade show convention. Yeah. Or it was a trade show. Yeah, yeah was, I think it was Shot Show. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know they get a call, and the first thought is like, you know, God, don't let it be a Kimber. Right. Um, and you know, so we know Columbine takes place where. Mm-hmm. 
these two kids were able to, you know, get these firearms through the gun show loophole. Mm-hmm. Um, their parents had purchased these guns. They used, you know, like Tech Nines and uh, pistols that were high capacity magazines. Um, and so that's where he really has his first big kind of that's like his breaking point Mm -hmm. i feel like for him yeah was oh shit this is something that that is incredible that has just taken place and the you know nra the gut industry's response to that crisis was everyone else was like we're about to have the best year of our lives yeah yeah they're they're excited for the controversy exactly and that introduces the theme that continues for the rest of the book mm-hmm. of this, you know, that controversy is what drives gun sales. Mm-hmm. And so we see that currently, you know, so you have the Columbine and during that, like, there was some actual gun laws that were reg- regulations that were passed in the United States. You know, the mm-hmm. assault rifle ban took place then, the high capacity magazine ban took place then. And for several years, that that was a thing that existed up mm-hmm. until around 2007 or 2008 and yeah. 2008. So they're seeing the tapering off of this about to happen. And then 2008, we elect the first black, uh, you know, Democratic president. <laughs> and mm-hmm. gun, gun sales go off the charts. Exactly. Yeah. And so now you see this peak and what he shares with you is that, you know, the NRA was excited about this Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were supporting, yes, you know, every Republican candidate that, that they could, um, to try and, you know, combat the Democrats. But at the end of the day, they're like, they're stoked when Democrats get elected to offices yeah, because they're like, it's going to be great for us. We're going to have four years of great sales. Yeah. The, the two the, the two big things that stood out to me from from that story from from the stories he tells from that point on is is one like to to that point he he says that basically the entire gun industry pivots from working with anybody who is pro gun to rejecting anyone who's not a Republican uh, because right. even if they're pro gun Democrat it's better for them if they just control one party. And so right. like they're addicted to like the, the power, the kingmaker aspect of it to mm-hmm. the point where they're willing to ruin the CEO of Smith and Wesson to the right. point where he, he is in uh, professional and financial ruin because he wanted, he, he, he like got his company to back some sort of like gun control measure, which was like really minor and seemed really reasonable. Yeah. It's like it was a background check. Background check. Yeah, yeah. 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 But because the NRA didn't sanction it, uh, it right. they he, they basically just like ran him out of town. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like they have so much power that they're willing and able to crumble an entire pillar of the gun market just to make a point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that. So there was a couple. Of, oh, sorry, that was one point, Chris. You said you had two. Oh, from that period. Yeah, and then the the second point was about like them trying. They they like sort of ghosted their uh, the NRA sort of ghosted their their support for a Republican candidate after promising not to back anyone in the state of Montana, 
uh, because right. they had a pro gun rights Democrat there. Right. Which uh, Ryan was believe like he believed that this Democrat was better than the Republican in every sense of the word, and and he supported their worldview. So it's like, why would we right. kick him out and put in someone who's like way dumber than him just because right. he's a Republican? Mm-hmm. And so what right. they did was they did the shady thing where they're like, well, we're not going to officially endorse anyone, but they, they took out, you know, this full page ad in the NRA's, uh, magazine. Right. Not endorsing him, multi, but profiling multi-page. him. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like a multi-page glossy full color profile. Yeah. But they never said the words like we endorse him. So exactly. they were like, well, it's, you know, we didn't never endorsed him. Right. And, and this was like a backhanded, like they promised Mm-hmm. Ryan specifically that they wouldn't endorse this guy mm-hmm. right and and so they kept their culpability of like well we didn't endorse like where did we endorse him mm-hmm. yeah you know so which so was super shitty all, all of that it just like he, he has a, a few other stories that kind of are in a similar vein but they all just like underline the fact that like the NRA's evolution of this place where people who are into like land uh like living off the land and conservation and then like using guns as a way to sort of like connect with the roots of like, you know, living like off the land effectively to right. into like what they, what they call in the book as tactards and couch commandos. Like, right. Yeah. Like you that gun church. Yeah. You know? That demographic spends more money and they will buy just like any dumb shit they can because a demo, like it's easier to sell to them because they're so far gone in, in their belief system that they will buy anything they're told to buy because they're so afraid of the boogeyman that the NRA invented to sell them more guns. And right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a more from like a, a hunter's advocacy group to a political machine. Exactly, and it comes with that so much of the messaging that we now take for granted. Like it was the NRA that came up with the phrase: "The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is yeah. a good guy with a gun." Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, oh, oh I, and it's just like I, I was surprising to me as he's going through this because as he's talking about, especially when they were on that ranch. And he was talking about his like annual gopher hunt or whatever. And right. that guy brought the AR-15 to hunt gophers. And it, my first thought was like, what, what an idiot. Like he's just going to, uh, he's going to upturn these gophers into pink mist. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it just like really highlighted to me. And, and it like surprised me that my own opinion was like, honestly, if, if the entire gun industry were, were like what Ryan Bussey's trying to like say he feels about guns. I was like, I have no problem with the gun industry. Yeah. Like right. I, I honestly like agree with a lot of, a lot of what he's saying in terms of like gun ownership and second amendment rights. And like, you should be able to practice it the way he's saying, but we're right. so far off that mark that like, I'm at the point where I'm willing to say like, I wouldn't care if they just got rid of them to get right. all, yeah. all the way. Just we can't handle any sort of free leeway or freedom. Like just get them off yeah. the table. Right. Because there's not yeah. enough Ryan Bussies in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of like highlights and I know this section's going long, like we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to wrap this up pretty quick, but a couple of little highlights from that section is like, so during this period of time leading up to 2008, um, Ryan Bussey is nominated for person of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm um a few times and and i think he gets like second place or something like that uh through through the nra right he's like in the gun industry he is like 
like during top, this period of time, he's like dog. the number one guy. Yeah. Um, and while that's going on, he's also almost immediately after that, like the next year, I think it is, he goes in front of Congress yeah. to um, advocate for this land management bill mm-hmm. that was going that was being pushed by the conservative party that to basically like eliminate all these public lands mm-hmm. for private corporations to be able to build on them and steal their resources and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so like year one, he's like the shit. He is the number one guy. The next year he starts his personal ostracization from the gun industry mm-hmm. because this change is happening of it's not about what you're talking about anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we're about these what they call black guns. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this stuff is like, as I'm listening to this, I'm like looking at my personal inventory of firearms. Right. And my personal ideals of like what's happening, you know, like I graduate, we graduate high school in 05. So like around this time that Obama's getting elected, it's like we we're this is our first presidential election that we get to vote in. Yeah. You know, and it's like what was my thought process? Like YouTube was just becoming like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um and all these things are happening at that time where AR fifteens are becoming really popular. Yeah. And the way they're being pushed is through YouTube, through these um sporting brands, these lifestyle brands like black rifle coffee mm-hmm. yeah i own ar-15s mm-hmm. and i i never in like black rifle coffee's logo is a picture of an ar-15 yeah in my mind i didn't put <clears throat> together the idea of that but like in that in that industry they called them black rifles mm-hmm. and black guns because glocks and plastic guns and ar-15s that are like super cheap to manufacture all these guns that cost right around $500 that are disposable. Mm-hmm. These weapon, you know, these weapons of war, um, they're becoming really popular with like dudes who are trying to like bro out. Yeah. You know, we're like, we're ha- halfway, we're a decade almost into this war mm-hmm. that's going on in the middle East where people our age are going, they get handed these weapons, they come back, they want to they want to live that lifestyle. People who didn't serve are like, well, that's my friend. Like, I want to get into this type of mentality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you get these couch commandos and these tactards where like all this tactical stuff really starts to be cool. Mm-hmm. And you've got all these YouTubers who are making it really cool. Yeah. And I was impressionable. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, that's cool. I want to be into that. Yeah. So that's when I like bought my first AR-15 was in this period of time where I was like, well, that's cool. Like, and, and you know, my thought was like, well, yeah, my, I can go and I can hunt with this and like, I can go target shooting. And I did a lot of that and I've hunted a lot with them and I've target shot with them. But like 10 years on from that, like I go to my brother's ranch and like, what's my favorite gun to go and shoot on his ranch. It's like this, three thousand dollar bolt action (laughs) really nice rifle yeah that like i've never shot it and i we talked about it all the time it's like you know we'll go hunting for pigs or something with an ar and i have to shoot like you know six or ten rounds before i like hit the pig and and you know put it down well those pigs are the enemy by the way right (laughs) but with this like this bolt action hunting rifle that is my favorite one to go and shoot 
I've never not like humanely put down a pig the first shot mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with, with that rifle. And it's like, that's the only one I ever want to shoot anymore because it's like that one's fine. It's like perfectly accurate up to 300 yards. It's like, that's to me now being older, I'm like, that's what I want, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but I totally fell prey to this mentality. I was, you know, the perfect freaking candidate for this ideal of like, you got to be into this tactical stuff. It's cool. Yeah. It's like a accessory of masculinity. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and now, right. 35 years old. I, you know, big changes in like my personal views, my religious views, my political ideology. Um, the more educated I've made myself, like after reading this book, I'm like done. I'm done with the AR 15 industry. Like, and, and, before I thought that there was some sort of redeeming quality of like, well, they could put in like regulations. Like I don't need 30 round magazines. It's fine. Um, you know, but like, why do you have to take it away? Well, what's happened over the last three, five, three to five years. Yeah. Every single fucking school shooting that takes place yeah. is with one of these guns with high capacity magazines. With that. So this opened my eyes to like, if this dude who is like, in that industry can have a change of heart and a change of mentality. Mm-hmm. Why can't I? Right. Yeah. And, and so this book really has led me into that ideal of like, I, I you know, I'm just going to like, if they did a gun buyback here in Visalia, mm-hmm. I would turn those fucking things in. Wow. Melt them down, get rid of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not into it anymore. It's hmm. I'm over it. So, I'm just, uh, I guess I can, you know, back his views mm-hmm. of, hey, you can change yeah. and you don't have to be a douchebag. Yeah. Um, it's possible to like still be pro Second Amendment mm-hmm. and pro gun and not want anything to do with these weapons of war. Yeah, very true. I, yeah. I, th- I think the book, like the book, ta- book's TLDR tagline should be a, a phrase he repeats quite often that says, you know, no gun is worth dying over. Right. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's a really succinct way of, of saying it. It's like it, it with any hobby, like no hobby is worth anyone else's life. Exactly. Um, and I, 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 I agree with that. And I think if more people had that mentality, um, we wouldn't necessarily be having a lot of the conversations we've been needing to have recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I'm almost done with the book, but as a person who doesn't normally read like politically bent books quite often, uh, cause I find a lot of the times they're kind of dry. Uh, mm-hmm. this book not only kept my attention, but it like captivated me in a way where like, I all, I, I just, I'm listening to it and like, I just want to keep listening to it until it's done. Um, right. yeah. And it's just, it's, and it's not like the kind of book that is meant to make you mad. So like it's selling you on like, the anger, right? Like some of right. it, I'm like, I'm mad because the, the NRA sucks, but it's right. like, I, I'm less mad because it's designed to make me mad. And I'm more mad because like, um, you know, just, you're just mad at like evil things happen in the world. Um, right. yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I highly recommend this book. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we didn't get it. I, I think everybody needs, and we say that all the time, yeah. <laughs> but really, like, if you want a true, like, 
clear depiction of the reality of like what is actually taking place behind closed doors in these meetings about guns about politics about the extremist right wing and you know wayne lapierre the president of the nra Mm -hmm. and their influence on like the gun industry and politics in this country (coughs) there isn't a better book there isn't a better expose there isn't a better view uh, because this dude was in those meetings this is corroborated stuff um you know he doesn't like give any like outlandish like crazy theories Mm -hmm. it's all like i was there i saw this happen yeah um you know something needs to be done to stop this yeah and i'm like a lot like you chris where it's like how things are currently now like guns should just be wiped out like we need to go the route of australia and take away every single gun like demilitarize even the police and um but it also shows like a lot of our list- listeners are under the age of 30 and, you know, around the age of 20, 25 or so. And they may, may not remember what it was like before Columbine and 9-11. Right. And it kind of gives a picture of what it could be like if right. we could just, you know, dethrone the NRA. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Go read it. And if, if you're worried about us spoiling it, we didn't spoil anything in the book. Like we didn't even get to like. 50 60 percent of the stuff that's in there oh, so yeah. there's so right. many so many good stories that you're going to want to hear yeah, yeah exactly um well thanks tim for bringing that and sharing that book with us uh i've been i've enjoyed reading it so i'm excited to finish yeah. it um if you guys want to 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 jump in a uh a, a hummer h3 with me um <laughs> is it an h3 h3 alpha Yes. So it got the 5.3 liter V8. Oh wow! None of that inline five bullshit. We don't need that here. <laughs> no, 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 no. We want a we want a a car that's loud, and we want a car that's unapologetic, and that uh, roars like a lion. Because uh, I, I've got a I've got a story about a uh, a right wing clothing brand for you here tonight. <laughs> Oh yes! Oh man, I think I saw the title of this article, and I was like, "Oh, this will be next week." <laughs> so there, there is a United States-based company, specifically based in the state of Utah. Uh, and it is called Lions Not Sheep. Hell oh yeah. Gosh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck <laughs> these guys so hard. I'm a lion, not a sheep. Yeah. And they launched... Disregard, disregard the fact that in the Bible it says you're supposed to be a sheep. But, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. So you can yeah, lie yeah, with yeah. the lions. <laughs> yeah. Um, they launched, no surprise, in 2016. And um, they make yeah. stridently pro-America, pro-gun, pro-Trump shirts, hats, and apparel. Um, I've been to their website. They also make lots of things like, uh, they make, uh, windbreakers, zip up hoodies. They also make things like, uh, stickers, wallets, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever they can print their logo on, they're going to make it. Right. Um, well this company also, uh, it says, uh, they sell the standard, you know, let's go Brandon T who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, and I'm, I'm reading some quotes here from, from the Salt Lake Tribune, which made a, a, a post about this, but they said they, they're also your source for a, quote, give violence a chance sweatshirt now on sale oh for $40. No um, fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> they also sell some uh, shirts that say shall not be infringed on a tank top. Um, if you need to convey your love and respect for the stars and stripes, what a better way to do it with one of their American flag onesie pajamas. Um, (laughs) also don't worry, ladies, they've got you covered too. Perhaps the quote, no beard, no booty t-shirt sends just the right message about your independent thought and depth of character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and also here's the kicker. This is the, the thing that sets them apart from every other right wing focused brand. Uh, every order comes with a free copy of the U.S. Constitution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, dude. <laughs> so dumb. Because they love America so much, in fact, that they had made a big deal about all their clothing being man- manufactured right here in the USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is until the FTC uh, ordered them to pay $211,000 in fines because this company was replacing the Made in China labels from their shirts and stamping Made in USA on them. No fucking way. Yeah. Oh, you gotta love it. Oh. <laughs> what assholes, dude. And, oh. and, like, imagine... The person you are imagining who has started this company is exactly the person who started this company. Like... They are this like older, probably mid forties, salt and pepper crossfitter, uh, who's right. like covered in <laughs> tattoos, married to like a crossfit model with like a giant mm-hmm. rack, uh, and you know like fake bleach blonde, almost pink like hair because it's like so bleached, right? right. Um, <laughs> and Gen X sucks so fucking bad, guys. <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> Uh, they these these people had to uh, contact everyone who's purchased a garment since May 2021 and tell them about their deception. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we'll we'll get into some of their products here uh, because spoiler they also sell NFTs. Um, <laughs> oh man, of course they do. <laughs> oh. But this article kind of like tries to make the point that it, it reaffirms the suspicion that this author operates under that a significant portion of the right wing rage machine is fueled by people looking to exploit that anger to make a quick buck, which I feel like kind of plays into what we were talking about with the gun thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have, we know a guy from college that did this exact thing. That's right. What do you call it? Like Patriot wear? Patriot gear. Patriot gear. Gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah. This, and he's a total fucking, douchebag crossfitter that like is heavily involved in mlms yeah yeah like oh so (laughs) this guy's so hard so some of the uh so anyway like he talks a little bit about and i'll get into this too but he says closer to home you've got this guy named eric uh moot motzos i i don't know how to say his name but it's like mount mautzis he's a former salt lake city cop who, through relentless self-promotion during the pandemic, became the face of Utah's anti-tyranny movement. Uh, mm-hmm. He also has a yes. website of protein powders and workout supplements called Freedom Blends. Um, uh, of course. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you call it that? Yeah. Right. We're going to get uh, heavily into that 
uh, portion of it. But some of the products that this place sells, uh, the the Lions Not Sheep, um, they have this subscription called a black box you can get. They only they only sell 500 of these a month. And if you don't get one, then, uh, well, you're out of luck. Uh, you can get really quality items in these black boxes. Uh, one of them being a barbed wire wrapped baseball bat. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? These are LARPers, dude. Yeah. They're all cosplayers. Yeah. Um, they also sell, you know, like what I mentioned, like wallets and whatever. They have they they've taken some of the more offensive things down because they don't really you know want to give off that appearance anymore. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of Let's Go Brandon stuff. They have my favorite thing of their new drop is they've got this big word on your shirt that says God, really big, and there's a line nice. underneath God, and then underneath that line it says One Nation. Ugh. <laughs> One nation under God. Yeah. I get it. That's clever. Come yeah. on. Indivisible. Come on. Come on. Yeah, indivisible. It's di- <laughs> one nation divided by God. Yeah. <laughs> Just what's super funny to me, though, is they have a shirt that's the don't tread on me design. Mm-hmm. And it says lions, not sheep, really big. And then there's the snake and it says lead or be led. Um, and then I'm like, this is like you guys were... <laughs> trying to erase the china thing and and stamping made in usa on something and you're trying to tell people to like think for themselves like right <laughs> <laughs> you don't want them to think for themselves you want them to buy your your your, your gear here um right. oh. so what their mission statement is <clears throat> on oh, this God, website is it. mm-hmm. it's super long it says uh what is lions not sheep it is a way of being it's something yep. you already have. It's a lifestyle. It's already inside you. Oh, yeah. It's inside you. <laughs> you have two choices. To lead Only or to two? be led. Yeah. You have two lions inside of you. <laughs> yeah. One to lead and one to be led. <laughs> lions, not sheep, is the savage inside you have chosen to ignore. Uh-huh. If it sounds like I'm stumbling, it's because grammatically this is all written very poorly. We live in a time when, quote, fairness and equality is peddled more than hard work and victory is. (laughs) (laughs) We live in a time that man is encouraged to sit down, shut up, then stand up and be bold. (laughs) Following the masses is more encouraged than following your heart. Lions choose to lead, not to be rebellious or to stand out. We lead because it's who we are. We think differently. We speak and act differently because we are different. A lion well, makes I no apologies for being a lion. <laughs> don't don't lions live in like family groups called prides? Yeah, yeah and, they, and they sleep like thirteen hours a day, and they let yeah. the women do all the work. Ex- yeah. Oh well, yeah. But like, there, there's also like, there, there will be a whole group of male lions. Yeah. That like totally cohabitate together, mm-hmm. and then yeah, they just let their wives or their female uh, lions go and kill everything, and then they just like show up to eat it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says that lions uh, don't make a lion makes no apologies for being a lion. A lion makes no apologies for wanting to eat. 
a lion wakes up and fucking hunts. <laughs> they they yeah, don't. The, the female lions do. Yeah. yeah. Like, but not the male lions. And if you're buying these clothes, you don't hunt. <laughs> yeah. It says power, the body, passion, the relationships, purpose, the mind, production, the business. Lions live by this code. What? Their own, what? Their own code is their own uh, their own code to their own tribe. Lions, not sheep, is not a group of followers. It's a pride of lions, a pride of men and women who produce abundantly for their pride, who protect oh my God. their pride at all costs, and who provide for their own needs and desires. You choose if you're part of a pride. You choose if you're leading or being led. You choose today, like every other day, if you'll be a lion, not a sheep. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put in Messenger here what their uh, NFT looks like. Just by the way, oh my oh god! god. This is so you so can kind of tell what kind of lions and sheep you know are, are happening here. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is this, dude? I it looks like it's gonna be gay. Teddy it's Roosevelt as a CrossFit lion, right? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness, dude! Like this is in lions' arms don't look like that. Yeah, the proportions are whack. Yeah, right. and the hands and it the hair—it's like, like Bigfoot hands. No, it's <laughs> like um fucking uh Teen Wolf hands. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's yeah, exactly you're right. Teen Wolf arms. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh gosh. On the products themselves, the comments are like predictable. There are people who are like, "I bought this for my bride, and she loves it." <laughs> <laughs> I get so many com- a gold Cuban chain too. Yeah. What the fuck? I like how on the attributes, you know, we get like flag in the background, uh arm tattoo is a tribal band, on the body we have body. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also this person is a prolific uh his name's Sean Whalen, by the way. Uh he's a prolific blogger on his own website. Uh, mm-hmm. Every line in his blog is double spaced. There are no paragraphs. It's just every oh, sen- it's a sentence double space sentence double space sentence double space. Oh, man. Because he's writing poetry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so he, Those he, are he called ri- stands, dude. Come on. <laughs> he writes poetry titled things like "All I do is talk shit online," and <laughs> "You're in the cheap seats, bro." Oh my god. Ooh. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna just go ahead and s- just read you a little excerpt from you're in the cheap seats. Um, let's see. Okay. So he says, have you, <clears throat> I don't know how to speak like this guy. What kind of character voice does he have? Hey, give me Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Have you ever noticed that it's the people doing this least that talk the most? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever noticed it's the dude in the really cheap seats all the way up in the freaking nosebleed section that's telling the dude down in the cage punch him in the face punch him in the face i just posted a picture with my shirt off why because i work fucking hard for my body i work hard (laughs) to be in shape and it's really fascinating observation because many of you are scared to share your life and scared to share your wins and scared to share who you are and what you are and making money and all those other things why? All those because, other things. <laughs> because people throw shade and they talk shit. Oh, you think you're better than me because you're making money now? Oh, look at you. You got a small dick because you got abs. Well, here's a really simple observation. 
go look at that picture I just posted and then click the profile of all the people saying, I got a small dick. He's got small Wait. dick syndrome. Why didn't you pull your <laughs> pants down a little bit more? Well, just look at them. Do you see a single one of them on there that's ripped? Do you single see any of them have abs? No. <laughs> Um, then he says a millionaire is never going to talk shit about you making money a millionaire is never going to talk shit about businesses that you've started that have failed where you've lost money there's no fitness pro in the world that's going to talk shit about you building abs not one who talks the most the losers so my friends next time you want to pull back or scale back and next time you're like oh dude i don't know if i want to share this people are going to talk shit realize something you want to start making money and growing a business? Well, millionaires will support your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I don't think he he knows what that means. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been to fighting events and uh, uh, I've seen the people in the nosebleed seats and in the rich seats and they're all shouting, punch him in the face. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like yeah. this guy's seen Joe Rogan before, right? right. Like, Joe Rogan's sitting next to the cage saying, punch him in the yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just so that that's lions not sheep the other brand he mentioned freedom blends i went to their website and i'm just going to read you some of their product names um oh hell yeah they've got freedom fuel right that's their oh, that's yummy. their like bread Free and butter workout, right yeah you can take that morning midday anytime um how, how much you want to you how much you think the freedom fuel bundle costs oh my god Ooh. <sighs> Seventy nine ninety nine. Ooh, no! I think this is gonna be way more expensive. Oh, one thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Let, let me see. I want to. I want to tell you that. Oh, they're hiding how many ounces are in it. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big container that's half full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this thing has one hundred and eighty capsules total. Oh, oh, it's pills. Of course, Ooh. it's pills. Okay. Yeah. So freedom fuel, fruits and veggies. It comes with Washington Wake Up as a supplement. It's it's got energy built into it. Nice. Um, a one-time purchase for this bundle is a hundred and nine dollars. Whoa! A monthly hundred hundred eighty pills. You said yeah. So you probably have to take two a day at least. At least. So it's really nine. Well, no. If you're getting a hundred and eighty, that's a that's a thirty day supply. You're taking six a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two two with every meal. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that. If you want a monthly fuel subscription, that's ninety eight dollars. So you get a little bit that's of a, a discount. Lot of money, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also have, uh, you know, if you need a little bit of an additional help with your digestive tract, they've got the Kami uh, colon cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why do you want communists in your colon? You gotta get them out of there. Yeah, you want them oh, out. Yeah. Okay. All those organs in your body—they're working together. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you want—you gotta stop that. Right. Yeah. Right. And and the the product description literally says this: we, our proprietary blend of eleven unique herbs, <laughs> fiber, and nutrients. <laughs> like your your Colonel Sanders. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know what? It's called the Kami Colon Cleanse because what comes out of your colon is going to be communist red oh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 uh well no it's the commie colon cleanse because you're gonna take it and it's just gonna move straight through you mm. and not give any sort of like it's not gonna give its nutrients up to your body yeah because that would be socialism mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah um they have a not to be 
left out the women uh they've got their own supplement here it's called the female enhancement support uh the name of this is called lady liberty libido oh, oh yeah God, dude. biggest clitorises in the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> does your wife not want to fuck you anymore yeah well this is why it's not any of your decisions oh my gosh i didn't even want to start sleeping sneaking this into her i didn't scroll down far enough some of this is bad uh okay so i'll read the tame ones they've got sleep off socialism uh (laughs) they've got jefferson juice which is testosterone oh yeah yummy (laughs) They have a protein powder called Pro Life Protein. Oh yeah, I'm on that. It's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> and the the picture on the front is like, it, it's like the outline people, you know, like it's like um, silhouette silhouette people, and it, it's two parents kissing the head of their baby. <laughs> oh god, dude! Uh, Why would but you in take silhouettes? It looks like what two chicks like sucking a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it, Why would you take a pro-life protein? Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta own the libs, even in your workouts. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for this brand, all of their like controversial, like funny stuff is in the title. Like when you click on the actual page, they actually just, like get down to brass tacks about what <laughs> what's in it. But uh, like, I mean, you're speaking to a really specific audience when you're like, I take pro-life protein every morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> What's your workout regimen? What's your pre-workout se- setup? You got some BCAAs? Well, I take a pro-life protein first and foremost <laughs> okay. every morning, two scoops. Yeah. yeah. Cost $100 for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Also, my uh, Lady Liberty libido. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely on that. They've got uh, their, their daily multivitamin is called First Amendment. They've got First Amendment men's and women's. Um, Because apparently, like, you got to speak your mind when you're on a multivitamin. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They've got the Delaware Crossing Immune Support. (laughs) (laughs) They've got the Sons of Liberty B12 drops. Oh, God. Uh, Patriot pre-workout. They've got uh, Conservatively Calm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Probably like a sleep aid. Bring Uh it down after all that. melatonin. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, you know, if, if you really want your Patriot pre-workout to, to have a little bit extra kick, they've got it in Tropical Sunrise flavor. Um, mm, yummy. So anyway, this guy, Eric, he has a, a book called Dispatched, uh, Conscience or Conformity, and he is on a cover behind a blue, uh, black, uh, blue lives, yeah, a blue lives matter flag. Oh um that you know the thin blue line american flag and he has a police line wrapped around his mouth as if he's being muzzled oh yeah (laughs) i'm so censored the cops censored me yeah so anyway i like this to me is some like pretty despicable stuff like maybe i don't know like he's a bodybuilder so maybe these work well i don't know but i I mean like (laughs) it just is like this hyper masculine like you know I I eat I eat AR15s for breakfast type of <laughs> mentality. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I at I would Im- point, uh, at some point we have to talk about the Liver King. <laughs> you guys know who the Liver King is? Huh? No. It's just the guy that eats nothing but livers. We'll we'll, we'll do I'll I'll bring an exposé on the Liver King next week. Okay. A little teaser. Okay. All right. Well, that, I mean, that's all I had to bring. I just thought it was really funny that this right-wing, like, group that 
probably you know probably you'd go to Utah and see tons of people wearing uh, are <laughs> having to admit that uh, oops made in China. And then also yeah. they probably like woke up and had to take their Lady Liberty or Jefferson libido or whatever it was, right. <laughs> which is also a super dark thing to name your product because Jefferson was guilty of like raping tons of slaves and having bastard children. Uh, well, that's why he's fucking cool, bro. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He, he just took what he wanted. Yeah. yeah. Lions don't apologize. Right. They yeah. can't. They don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> and they definitely don't wear pants. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I'm I'm cool with like letting Addison do his thing. I know he hates going last, but we're we are over an hour of recording time. I don't want to like. Yeah. I'll I'll just save it for next week. Okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't get to your article this week. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to okay. take a lot of time. I- I never get to go first, so. <laughs> I took up way too much time. Sorry, guys. That book was just. It's we too didn't good. Get into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good book. Go read it. Yeah. I'll save our thought experiment, too. We did get a, a listener writing, writing in a thought experiment this week, but we can save that for next week if, you, if you'd like to. Yeah. Nice. Let's, let's save that for next let's week. Let's leave okay. them coming back for more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I'll just send a little teaser here. Uh, Friend of the show, uh, our, our friend Kate, she sent us a thought experiment. So I'm excited oh, to run that past you. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, uh, I had a lot of fun tonight. I hope you all did too. And I hope everybody is going to go home and uh, and melt down all of their AR-15s. Um, yeah, hell yeah. And turn them into playground structures or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> melt them into butt plugs and own the conservatives. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. I think... We're also Sundays should be our new for those of you who like to follow us on Twitch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realize I work at six a.m. on oh, Monday. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So, All right. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You you'd always get that information um, about four minutes before we stream on our <laughs> to, on our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, post the story. Yeah. Uh, once yeah. a week when we decide to record. <laughs> <laughs> just look for it there. <laughs> yeah, and if yeah. you really if, if you really want to see Addison, just go get hurt on Mooney Boulevard. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, don't get hurt. Go and like shit your pants and oh, no. start screaming about how the um, you know Dems are trying to take your life. Yeah. 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 Go go take a bunch of commie colon cleanse and then tell Addison you read <laughs> uh, you know some some uh, anarchist uh, uh, theory and then you want to talk about it and then you'll show up and then you have the colon blast and then he has right. to help yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That'll be great. Thanks guys. Yeah. Also if any listeners of the show purchase the commie colon bl- uh, colon commie, commie colon blaster or whatever it was called <laughs> And send it to to uh, Addison's house. He will take it, and he has to document it. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do it. I don't care. I mean, I I have time right now. I'll also do it. I mean, I could stay at home and shit my pants. What? All day. what yeah. What if it was designed to get, cleanse you of your communist beliefs? Right. Like, what if all of your belief system oh, yeah. about socialism is gone now, and you have to relearn it all? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, th- there are no gods or beliefs when you have that that bad of diarrhea <laughs> yeah it's true yeah it's true yeah does it count though if you have a fo- if you're in a foxhole when you do it does god show up yeah. then <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in this week. Thanks for for listening to the audio portion of the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, we are coming up into the month of August. We would really appreciate one, uh, at least one written review on Apple this year. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure Apple lets you write reviews. Um, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen one in a while, but <laughs> <laughs> just one. That's all we ask. Yeah. Uh, otherwise we will see you at some point next week, whether it's on Sunday or some other day. But, uh, in the meantime, uh, this has been the part-time podcast. My name is Chris. Don't quit your day job. Uh, this is Tim. We live for you and we'll shit our pants for you. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Addison. If you see a friend, tell a friend. If you just like put your arm up like a chicken wing, yeah, yeah. it's like got big butt vibes. Yeah. yeah, big butt vibes. That's what you should call it. <gasps> oh yes. Hold on. Big butt vibes. Google domains. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not available. <laughs> okay. <laughs> big butt vibes. If if it's taken with an S, maybe go Z. Oh yeah. Okay, it's it's available dot com twelve dollars a year. Oh man! Um, oh wow, that's great.